following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. And put in your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. to the Tom Dupree show. That's a little bit of Eric Burden. Tell us about that, Bo. Eric Burden and the animals. And I just actually came to you about 10 minutes ago and said, you know, somebody has slipped under the radar after all these years of you and I working together, the animals. Yep. And, you know, you and I being a fan of classic rock, for some reason, it just never occurred to me to play the animals until now. And... You know, they, they, they do get kind of lost in that discussion. Yes. When we talk about classic rock and, you know, certainly when you pinpoint it to the British invasion, they were right there in the middle of it with the Stones, the Beatles, the Yardbirds. Eric and, Burden uh, was a guy who wanted to sound like a black guy. Uh, he he very much wanted to be a, a soul singer, it yeah. seemed. Yeah, and, and that's going to be evident in some of the songs I play. And a lot of them, they were old rhythm and blues covers that yeah. the animals did. And what's interesting about the animals is that they didn't have the long-term success, as say, as the Beatles, Stones, Led Zeppelin. There's only a span of about seven years where the animals really reached their peak yeah. in their career. And then just they, they did a couple of reunions here and there and everything. But, man... You take about 10 of these songs and put them together as one album. You got a great album for right. the animals. That's right. So we're go- we're definitely going to get in some Eric Burden and the animals in this first hour. Tell us a little bit about the uh, concert you went to last Saturday. <laughs> I went to go see Hank Williams Jr. Saturday night. Yeah. And at Riverbend and had an absolute blast. He was, he was wild. And, and when I say wild, it's not your typical – 80s Bo Cephas, Drunk Wild. It was more of a controlled, wild Hank Williams Jr. Yeah. And um, he's great. And, you know, he does a lot of covers, but I always like in the middle of his show where he's talking about all these great artists that I love coming over to Hank Sr.'s house and visiting with Hank Jr. And he's right. talking about Elvis, so he does a little Elvis in his show. He does some Jerry Lee Lewis. He does some Ray Charles. He does Johnny Cash, and he kind of – Tells the story of all these great artists coming over when he was a kid. And he's like, you know where I got it from? These guys right here. That's right. 
So I, I've always found that entertaining. I've always loved Hank Williams Jr. since I was little, and well worth the effort to, uh, to go up and uh, party with Hank a little bit. That's great. Had a great time. That's good. Psalm 138. Uh, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship towards thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. In the day when I cried, I, thou answered me and strengthens me with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord be high, yet he hath respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine hands. So that's Psalm 138. I'm going to talk a little bit about the things that are going on in Washington, uh, the impeachment process that's happening with President Trump and Congress, and just read some stories that... Uh, have to do with that. But first, uh, I'm going to cover a couple of other stories here. The U.S. Supreme Court takes up a major Louisiana abortion case. This case will test the willingness of the court to uphold Republican-backed abortion restrictions being pursued in numerous conservative states. The U.S. Supreme Court on Friday agreed to take up a major abortion case that could lead to new curbs on access to the procedure as it considers the legality of a Republican-backed Louisiana law that imposes restrictions on abortion doctors. The justices will hear an appeal by abortion provider Hope Medical Group for Women, which sued to try to block the law of a lower court ruling upholding the measure. The Shreveport-based Hope Medical Group said implementation of the law would prompt the closure of two of the state's three abortion clinics. The court will also hear a separate appeal by the state claiming that the abortion clinics do not have legal standing to sue. The law includes a requirement that doctors who perform abortions have a difficult-to-obtain arrangement called admitting privileges at a hospital within 30 miles of the abortion clinic. The Supreme Court struck down a similar Texas requirement in 2016 when conservative Justice Anthony Kennedy joined the four liberal justices to defend abortion rights. But Kennedy retired in 2018, and President Donald Trump replaced him with conservative Justice Brett Kavanaugh, with the court moving further to the right. This case will test the willingness of the court, which has a 5-4 to four conservative uh, majority, which includes two Trump appointees to uphold uh, this uh, limitation being pursued in numerous conservative states. Anti-abortion activists are hoping the court will scale back or even overturn the 1973 Roe v. Wade ruling that legalized abortion nationwide. The court will review a two September 2018 ruling by the New Orleans-based Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals that upheld the Louisiana law. Supreme Court in February on a 5-4 to four vote prevented the law from going into effect while litigation over its legality continued. The justices on Friday took no action on another abortion-related case concerning the state of Indiana's effort to revive an abortion-related law requiring women to have an ultrasound 18 hours before having an abortion. A ruling in the Louisiana case is due by the end of June. The law was passed in 2014, but courts have prevented it from taking effect. Chief Justice John Roberts, one of the court's five conservatives, joined the court's four liberals in the majority when the court blocked the law from going into effect. And that's typical of, of Justice John Roberts. He, with, he waffles... He, he isn't really a conservative. He's more of a 
finger to the wind type guy uh, that will vote either way. Um, and he's, his vote is the thing that upheld Obamacare back in 2012. Uh, I've, I've been pretty, um, I should say, uh, disappointed in, in Roberts. And anyway, let's take a break here. It is the Tom Dupree Show, News Radio 630 WLAP. Real stories. Impeachment inquiry. Whistleblower. Joe Biden and his son. Attack on Saudi oil fields. Happening in real time. Credible and urgent. It's a real deal. This is real life. A lot of things are happening. This is News Radio 630 WLAP. Prescription products require an online physician consultation and are only available if the physician determines a prescription is appropriate. Subscription required. See website for full details and important safety information. Hey guys, good news. The outrageously expensive little blue pill is now generic, which means you can get the prescription medication to treat ED at a affordable prices and hems makes it extra affordable and right now get your first online visit totally free when you go to forhems.com slash joy sure beats paying for an in-office doctor's appointment doesn't it plus you won't need to deal with awkward face-to-face conversations to get your prescription hems connects you to doctors online who can evaluate you and if appropriate prescribe the medication and a pharmacy sends it right to your door Hems makes it affordable, private, and incredibly easy. Nobody likes dealing with ED. Now, thanks to Hems, nobody has to. And that's really good news. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, forhims.com slash joy. That's forhims.com slash joy for your free online visit. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash joy. 630 WLAP. Sturdy old part of the city where the sun refused to shine. People tell me there ain't no use in trying. Now, my girl, you're so young and pretty, and one thing I know is true you'll be dead before your time is due. I know. Back on the Tom Dupree Show, more of the animals. John Short, welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. Oh, you're doing great, American. Thank you. Welcome. And that patient thing that's going on in Washington, D.C., it's not real patients. It's running a campaign thing that the Bolsheviks are doing, especially Nancy Pelosi. Yep. They, that's what I heard from. They made up their mind they were going to get Trump on something, and they found something that they think they're going to get him on, and they're putting their whole effort into it. And they're not going to get him. He'll win election again in 2020. We need him to desperately. He's urgent. Yeah. Because Trump's done a blessed great job as president. Yeah, he has done a good job at passing conservative uh uh, changes yep. and making, uh, making life better for, uh, all Americans, you know, look at the, look at the economy, look at how well it's doing. Yep. So much of it has to do with the president. Yep. And John Roberts needs to step aside and resign. He's not all that conservative anyway. No, he really isn't. 
He's a Bolshevik. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I think he's a he's a creature of Washington D.C. And when he do thing with a real conservative judge, somebody similar to Barry Goldwater or Ron Reagan, or why not have Jay Sekulow take over? Yeah, on the Supreme Court, or have Judge and he have a resign from Fox News immediately and have everybody on the Supreme Court by tonight. Right by tonight. Okay. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be good. Yeah. If the whole time Trump is listening, I hope Judge Dean is listening. That, that, that'd be something. Right. And so, I don't know who's the win between those Bolsheviks, but whoever wins, Trump will win in 2020. He's win every state and every commonwealth. Yeah. I agree with you. I'm still for him. I, I just think What's going on is, uh, you know, they're just doing what they can to to try to uh, get him out of there. I know it. They've been trying since after he won the election. Yeah, of course they have. And before then, too. What's going to happen when we play uh, Arkansas next week? When my Tim Biggins, the matter of quarterback, is going to be. What's that? When my team being the matter of quarterback is going to be right now, Lynn Bowden is practicing quarterback. Yeah, I know. It's because Sawyer Smith is hurt. Yes. We haven't played very well the last three games. No, we haven't. That's why I wish we had 20 positions, everything, 20 quarterbacks, 20 right receivers, 20 tight ends, 20 centers, 20 of everything. Yeah. We wouldn't have room for anybody else on the bench. (laughs) I know it. That's that would be the case with that. All right, John, I appreciate you calling. Okie dokie. And so no no sports team this week for Kentucky. Say, I don't know who won our volleyball game last time we played South Carolina. I don't know who won that game. I never did hear. I don't know either. But I know we did play last night at Moral Coliseum. I just I just know that, and nobody didn't say on on the news last night who won. So I don't know. Yep. Uh, I don't keep up with it, so uh, let's see if I can find it. We played South Carolina? Yes, in volleyball. Kentucky 3, South Carolina 0. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, Back to this... um, Louisiana case. So what's been going on over the last several years is that, uh, people have been, uh, states have been wanting to curtail the practice of abortion in their state. Um, and this is a state's rights thing. And the, the Democrats, the liberals don't like to see it. So you've seen a curtailment of uh, you've seen them try to fight it in the courts, basically. The federal district judge struck down Louisiana's law in 2016, saying it created an impermissible undue burden on a woman's constitutional right to an abortion under existing Supreme Court precedent. The appeals court revived the law, saying there was no evidence any clinics in Louisiana would close as a result of an admitted admitting privileges requirement. And the reason for that is so that if there was something wrong with the wo- woman during the abortion, they could take her to a hospital. Right now, they don't have that. Uh, they don't. They don't have to have admitting privileges at a hospital. So, uh, since Kavanaugh joined the court last October, it has sent mixed signals on abortion. The court in June declined to hear a bid by Alabama to revive a Republican-enacted law that would have effectively banned abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. In May, it refused to consider reinstating Indiana's ban on abortions performed because of fetal disability or the sex or race of the fetus while upholding the state's requirement that fetal remains be buried or cremated after an abortion. You know, it's just 
a terrible situation that in which we find ourselves where we're having to fight this hard for uh for the rights of the unborn this is uh evil i mean it's just plain evil this whole procedure the whole idea of <clears throat> taking the life of the unborn it, it you know so long ago we would have never considered that we would be in this place and now as we try to scratch back and claw out some sort of provisions to curtail this it's going to get fought because abortion is one of the key tenets of liberalism it's unfettered access to abortion this is why they hate donald trump why they hate republicans and conservatives and this is the battle that we're in okay unmask the whistleblower now if you've been following the thing with uh impeachment you know that there is there was somebody in the white house that is acting as a whistleblower that's reporting that Trump supposedly had this conversation, which he did, he admits to, with the Ukraine. And um, asked them in that conversation to investigate Joe Biden and his family. So he's never yet seen or doesn't know who this person is. This is an accuser that uh, is not uh, has not made him him or herself uh, known to the president. And it says in the Constitution, in all criminal prosecutions, the enjoy, accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state and a district wherein the crime shall have been committed, which district shall have been previously ascertained by law, and to be informed of the nature and cause of the accusation, to be confronted with the witness against him, to have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in his favor, and to have the assistance of counsel for his defense. So this has not yet been shown to the president. He does not have the privilege of seeing who it is that's accusing him. We'll talk a little more about that when we come back. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP. I'm in love with this you. is a Morgan & Morgan consumer message. I'm John Morgan of Morgan & Morgan. One of the most common and life-altering injuries that we see after a car crash is a herniated disc. Often it causes a lifetime of care, injections, and surgeries, a life where the most simple enjoyments become painful struggles. But insurance companies often refuse to pay for these injuries. They say disc herniation is no big deal, but we know the truth. We know how life-altering a disc herniation can be. We've won millions of dollars for clients with disc herniation because we know how devastating these injuries really are. If you have a herniated disc after a car crash, call us. You can reach us by dialing Pound Law on your cell phone. That's pound 529. Pound Law, that's all. If you're injured in a car crash or at work, call us. Morgan & Morgan, for the people.com. Offices Lexington. Hey, it's Dwight Witten. Sharing the road doesn't mean sharing a lane. Motorcyclists need a full lane to maneuver just like you or any other vehicle. Motorcycles can be difficult to see, so properly adjust those mirrors and always check your blind spots. And motorcyclists, do your part and stay visible and wear that protective gear. Staying safe is everyone's responsibility, so pay attention. Share the road, not the lane. Bikers' lives depend on it. A message from the Kentucky Office of Highway Safety. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo in Athens asked about discussions between President Trump and the new president of Ukraine. State Department was very focused at the direction of the president. We were very focused on 
uh, creating space that we could ultimately deliver a good relationship with this new government. Meantime, the showdown over documents related to Ukraine goes on. The Democrats on Capitol Hill turning up the heat. After the White House ignored a deadline to hand over documents voluntarily, House investigators issued subpoenas compelling them to do so. It's a significant escalation, but the committee chairs say that the president left them with no choice. That's ABC's David Wright in Washington. Bernie Sanders out of the hospital says he'll return to the campaign trail. Doctors in Las Vegas confirming he did have a heart attack before those stents were inserted into his arteries. Subway services, shops, banks all shut down in Hong Kong after violent anti-government protests. Marchers back on the street during the day. They were mostly quiet. Sherry Preston, ABC News. Here through the overnight hours, we're going to be tracking some cool and a bit chilly conditions out there. Temperatures falling into the lower 50s by Saturday morning. Some of you could be even seeing the upper 40s. A nice cool start to the morning. And then by the afternoon, it's going to be another beautiful day. We're tracking highs back into the mid to upper 70s, even some lower, lower 80s with a mix of sun and clouds. Some of KYT, meteorologist Adam Bernstein for News Radio 630 WLAP. Broadcasting live 24 7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP, an iHeart Radio station. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I shopped the many highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $27 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-226-1818. That's 800-226-1818. 800-226-1818. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Your late news should be new. Crazy concept, right? Thankfully, WKYT is putting the new back in late news. WKYT News at 11 is always fresh with newer stories and more updates. So there's less repetition, which means no wasted time. I watch Sam and Amber for my news and Chris Bailey for a forecast that lets me know what to expect for tomorrow. WKYT News at 11. Newer, fresher, worth staying up for. 630 WLAP. guitar in there and the, and the 12 string and the organ and I just always love how it all yeah. came together with the music. Yeah. And plus Eric Burden's vocals. I mean very distinguished. Yeah. Um, there was always a haunting feeling with his voice too. He's got a little Mick Jagger sound to him. Yeah. A little bit. Okay. Pelosi and Schiff and Congressman Adam Schiff, by hiding the identity of the whistleblower, are denying President Trump his Sixth Amendment right to confront his accuser. Congress impeached both Presidents Richard Nixon and Bill Clinton. There were whistleblowers quite publicly involved in each case. In Nixon's case, the whistleblower was his own White House counsel, John Dean. In Clinton's case, the whistleblower was Pentagon employee Linda Tripp, along with Arkansas State employee Paula Jones. 
All three made their accusations against the president they were involved in in an extraordinarily public fashion. Yet in Trump's case, there is all this gnashing of teeth that the current whistleblower must have his or her identity hidden to protect their, their security. Baloney. No one cared about the security of the Nixon and Clinton accusers. And they are still years later alive and well. In John Dean's case, he got a book deal for his tale, Blind Ambition. Not to mention that in the Trump era, he is now a CNN contributor. You can be certain that if the Trump whistleblower is unmasked, both a book deal and a TV contributor gig at either CNN or MSNBC will quickly come his or her way. The other day, the president quite accurately tweeted, like every American, I deserve to meet my accuser, especially when this accuser, the so-called whistleblower, <coughs> presented a perfect conversation with a foreign leader in a totally inaccurate and fraudulent way. In addition, I want to meet not only my accuser, who presented second and third-hand information, but also the person who illegally gave this information which was largely incorrect to the whistleblower. So he's being impeached over something that it appears to be hearsay, you know, in, in, in large measure. Bingo. The president is a hundred percent within his constitutional right as expressly stated in the sixth amendment to make this demand. The oath of office taken by a member of the U.S. House of Representatives when he or she is sworn in reads as follows. Bold print for emphasis supplies. I do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office of which I'm about to enter. So help me God. If Speaker Pelosi and Congressman Schiff persist in hiding the identity of the Trump accuser, not only they are denying the president his constitutional right to be confronted with witnesses against him, but in so doing, they are in direct violation of their own oath of office as members of the U.S. House of Representatives that says they must support and defend the Constitution of the United States as well as bear true faith and allegiance to the same. Think about that. So you have this whistleblower that can't be public that supposedly has this information about the president and... He's not allowed to confront his own accuser. This is unconstitutional and it's wrong. If Speaker Pelosi and Congressman Schiff persist in hiding the identity of the Trump accuser, not only are they denying his constitutional right to be confronted with the witnesses against him, but they are in direct violation of their own oath as members of the U.S. House of Representatives. It says they must support and defend the Constitution of the United States and bear true faith and allegiance to the shame for which both Pelosi and Schiff should be censured or expelled from the House completely. Breaking. Jake Tapper now has reported in this tweet, a source familiar with the investigation prompted by the whistleblower tells me that the indicia of bias of an arguable political bias on the part of the whistleblower referred to by the intel community, IG, is that the whistleblower is a registered Democrat. Surprise, surprise. Impeachment through swamp-covered glasses. For Democrats, this is not a profile in courage, but a profile in idiocy. This is from the uh, American Spectator, as was this last article that I read from. This one is uh, by J Daniel J. Flynn. The last one was by Jeffrey Lord. Draining a swamp comes with inherent risks. The infectious diseases, rat bites, and most common of all, 
the propensity to go Ben Gunn rank among the worst fates. But swamp creatures face troubles all their own by imagining the bog a bathtub. Drowning in the muck seems one such environmental hazard. Former Vice President Joe Biden overlooked this last risk. He embraced his role as the Obama administration's point man on Ukraine at the same time that his son embraced millions of dollars in compensation as a board member of Burisma, a Ukrainian energy company, despite no background in such matters. These undefeated, disputed facts alone make for a glaring conflict of interest. But like all swamp creatures, Biden imagined himself above the mud and slime. Did he imagine anyone without his last name would see him as clean too? Unfortunately for the country, this one and Ukraine, Biden used his office in a way that benefited his family's financial interests. He withheld a billion dollars in aid in a way that ensured his son's millions flowed. Worst of all, he bragged about this in front of television cameras. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars, he boasted of his threats to Ukrainian leaders. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here in, I think it was about six hours. I looked at them and said, I'm leaving in six hours. The prosecutor is not fired. You're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch, he got fired. This is what you, Biden said when he was the uh, vice president. That prosecutor confirms that he investigated Burisma. Hunter Biden resigned from that board after serving on it for five years. The same month his farm father announced his presidential run earlier this year. The resignation follows the re release of Peter Schweitzer's Secret Empires, how the American political class hides corruption and enriches family and friends. And folks, make no mistake about it. This is what they're holding over Trump's head. He's been trying to clean the swamp and and basically uh, investigate illegal and corrupt or at least corrupt activities by the Bidens. And now Congress is saying that based on a technicality of uh, this phone call that, you know, we're going to impeach President Trump, that he's guilty of high crimes and misdemeanors when the fact is He's simply investigating what has gone on before. Schweitzer, who influenced the 2016 election more than any other journalist through his book, Clinton Cash, last year published Secret Empires, which includes a chapter on Ukraine dealings of the Bidens and figures to influence the upcoming election in a similarly profound way. Schweitzer uncovered bank records showing monthly payments of $83,000 entering into Hunter Biden's bank account from Burisma. Beyond this, he describes why the, why the company he profited from earned such a shady reputation. The book, which goes hard after traveling, goes hard after Republicans trading their last names for family profits abroad, remains hard to dismiss as a partisan hack, hack job. Don't judge a book by its cover, but even illiterates can see with Mitch McConnell and Jared Kushner on the dust jacket that Schweitzer plays no favorites. The quid pro quo alleged in Donald Trump's phone call did not result in Ukraine unearthing dirt on Hunter or Joe Biden. Ukraine received its aid from the United States. No quid, no quo, that means impeachment a no-go, right? Well, not exactly. The rules swamp creatures insist apply differently to inhabitants than they do to outsiders. So what's happening is that because Trump asked the Ukrainian the president to investigate Biden's ties to this company prior to aid being released, for Ukraine, uh, Congress is construing this as the president attempting to get, solicit the help of a foreign governor, government in an election. 
here in the U.S. And it's possible that they're going to get him on it. I don't know. It just remains to be seen. Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. Real stories. Impeachment inquiry. Whistleblower. Joe Biden and his son. Attack on Saudi oil fields. Happening in real time. Credible and urgent. It's a real deal. This is real life. A lot of things are happening. This is News Radio 630. WLAP. If you're looking for smart ways to save money, just stop by your neighborhood Kroger. Right now, it's time for the Buy 5, Save 5 event. Just choose from a great selection of participating items. And when you buy any five, you'll save $5 instantly at checkout. Choose from select items like Kroger brand cheese, all laundry detergent, General Mills or Kellogg cereal, and lots more. Go to Kroger.com or use the app for more info. The Buy 5, Save 5 event is on now. Fresh food, low prices at Kroger. Hurry to Kroger right now for three days of digital deals. Through Saturday, you'll find big savings for your seasonal celebrations. You can take home essentials like select four-pound bags of smidge and spoon sugar or 32-ounce Kroger brand specialty sugar for only 99 cents with card. Just visit Kroger.com or the app and download your digital coupons today. You can use them up to five times in one transaction. But hurry, this sale ends Saturday. Fresh food, low prices at Kroger. 630 I could feel hot flames of fire roaring at my back as she disappeared soon she returned in her hand was a bottle of wine in the other a glass she poured some of the wine from the bottle into the glass and raised it to her lips and just before she drank she said I never knew what this song meant. Me neither, but I've always liked it. Yeah, I've always enjoyed it. I mean, it's it's not the animals; it's Eric Burden and War. And but you can't you t- can't talk about the animals and not talk about this song. So War was a different uh, group, right? It was a s- group after the animals, right? And I think this one came out in seventy three, seventy four. So it's Eric Burden on lead vocals with War backing them up. And, yeah, I've always enjoyed this song. Who who was in War that was uh, not in the Animals or vice versa? I they none of them. There was no crossover whatsoever, other than Eric Bur- Burden being the common yeah. common thread between the Animals and War. And this this is yeah War. Um, I'm trying to think. They're big slipping in the darkness. Why can't we be friends? Were two of their bigger hits yeah. in the 70s and then this one too spill the wine all right back to some of what i've been talking about here shifts shifty timeline <clears throat> what did the house intel committee chairman know and when did he know it if the late this is by kimberly strassel from the wall street journal if the latest impeachment push continues to backfire democrats can thank their duplicitous house intelligence Chairman Adam Schiff. The New York Times reported this week that the whistleblower was set, who set off the latest inquisition, provided an early warning to Mr. Schiff's committee that he or she was filing a complaint over Donald Trump's July 25th call to Ukraine's president. The media is now at pains to stress that whistleblowers do sometimes reach out to Congress, that all procedures were followed and that what really matters is the accusation that Mr. Trump pressured Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden. Actually, it matters a great deal that Mr. Schiff knew about this early and withheld it deliberately from both the public and his House colleagues. He used his advance information to lay the groundwork uh, steadily for later exploitation of the issue. He went so far as to charge the White House with a cover-up 
of a complaint he already knew about. The timeline of this orchestrated campaign is another knock to the legitimacy of the so-called impeachment inquiry. If the public can't trust Mr. Schiff to be honest about the origins of his information, why should they trust his claim that the information itself is serious? Which is typical <clears throat> of the way that the Democrats would treat something like this. And they're hiding it all on the Intelligence Committee as if to say it can't be revealed to the public because it's a matter of national security. Mr. Schiff on September 13th, a Friday night, issued the explosive news that he had been alerted a few days earlier by the Intelligence Committee's Inspector General of an urgent yet unspecified whistleblower complaint. But the complaint is dated August 12th, and news reports now say the whistleblower interacted with Mr. Schiff's staff prior to then. So Mr. Schiff knew about the topic of the complaint for more than a month, while the public did not, did not know. It is now clear why the intelligence chairman in that month suddenly developed an interest in all things Ukrainian and began aggressively previewing his impeachment mantra. On August 23rd, for instance, Mr. Schiff that, tweeted that Mr. Trump tried to get dirt on a political opponent via a personal lawyer, Rudy General Giuliani's interaction with the office of the Ukrainian president. On August 28th, the chairman tweeted his newfound concern that Mr. Trump was withholding vital military aid to Ukraine. And on September 9th, Mr. Schiff suddenly announced his committee would launch a full-fledged investigation into whether Mr. Trump was trying to pressure Ukraine to help the president's re-election campaign. All this was priming the public and the media for what was to come, the better to take full advantage of the whistleblower news. Yet even after news broke of the complaint, Schiff played dumb. On September 17th, he flatly and falsely stated on MSNBC, <clears throat> we have not spoken directly with the whistleblower. Two days later, he thanked the Inspector General Michael Atkinson, without whom we might not have even known there was a whistleblower complaint. Really? Mr. Schiff wanted to make it sound as if the Trump administration was muzzling the complaint when in the fact the process was working and Schiff knew about it all along. So what happened was they had information from this whistleblower without revealing it, and he had been building up to releasing it on the 13th or the releasing the news about it. The chairman also actively kept his information secret from Republicans on the Intelligence Committee. GOP members confirmed that Mr. Schiff had multiple opportunities to acknowledge his awareness of the coming complaint, but kept mum about his side's early involvement. That included even during the committee's closed-door September 19th briefing with Mr. Atkinson. The whistle, I mean, this is just the kind of stuff that you get when you get the Democrats in control this this type of thing the whistleblower's early communication with the committee also bears on the complaint's credibility the time story explains that the whistleblowing central intelligence agency officer initially alerted the tcia's top lawyers to concerns yet before even waiting for this procedure to play out the officer went to mr schiff's staff straight to the congress this act has to be measured in light of Mr. Atkinson's acknowledgement that the source demonstrated an arguable political bias. Yeah, in favor of a rival candidate. It has become urgent that Republicans demand more information about the whistleblower's history and motivations, questions that are central to any whistleblower complaint, but particularly one being used as basis for impeachment. Of course it's political. Of course that person was a, was a Democrat. If all of this has a somewhat similar, f familiar feel of subterfuge and ambush, it should. The episode is redolent of the sneak attack on Brett Kavanaugh. An unknown person 
levels nasty allegations a Democrat lawmaker, in that case, Diane Feinstein, conceals the claim before springing it at an opportune moment. The media jumps on board to distort and inflame the story. Lost in the carnage are little, are little things like fairness, standards, and due process. Mr. Schiff's staff is suggesting its interaction with the whistleblower was limited. Maybe, but given Mr. Schiff's recent deceptions, it's reasonable to ask more questions about how involved his committee was with the creation of this complaint. The Democratic complaint claim that Mr. Trump's Ukraine call rose to the level of impeachment was always absurd. But Americans have even more reason to doubt the legitimacy of this push in light of Mr. Schiff's scheming exploitation of the whistleblower charge. How President Pence would blow up 2020. If they think they're going to get rid of Trump and get Pence, this is for Bill Scher. If the Senate were to remove President Donald Trump from office, which could happen only on a bipartisan vote, the 2016 elections wouldn't be overturned. Democrats wouldn't control the White House. America's reward for convicting Trump would be President Michael Richard Pence. Nine out of every ten Republican respondents said in a Quinnipiac poll released Monday that Trump should not be impeached and removed from office. But President Pence would be likely harder for Democrats to dispatch in the 2020 general election than an impeached but still in office, President Trump. All right. Got through as much of that as I could. We will uh, take up some things pertaining to the financial world in this next hour with Mike Johnson in the house. Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP.